I V M. Hey Nisha. Hey Raghavi. Are you taking over my job of introducing the cold open? I think I am, and here is my question. Okay. What would be your response if you see something cute? Something cute, like mm-hmm. what, like a baby or an animal or something? Like I would want to squish it, I guess. Yeah, but what if it's like just really cute, like unbelievably cute? Oh, that's easy. I would just straight up murder it. Oh, okay. That went a little further than I expected. It's cute aggression. No, yeah, sure, but you might be worse than the woman we are going to be talking about today. <gasps> oh God. Have you ever wondered why? women don't do more crime well we're here to tell you there's misconduct all the time women are thieves and murderers that's gross misconduct con artists money launderers mm, criminal misconduct financial fraud that's hard to track take some planning but still misconduct even breaching a contract um that's more civil though It's misconduct. It's misconduct. We tell you all about women that suck. Things that make you say, "What the?" It's misconduct. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Misconduct. We are a podcast that talks about women who are criminals or have done some really bad and awful things. I am Raghavi and I am Nisha. And I am just really excited about today's episode because I did nothing to prepare for it. This is a surprise episode. Raghavi has done all of the research and she's going to be doing all of the storytelling and misconductors. You and I are going to discover it together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Why are you still trying to force misconductors? It's happening. I feel <laughs> I feel like most people have responded to us saying misconduct is just easier it's fewer syllables I'm ignoring those people sure whatever that's <laughs> it's fine wow you are ignoring the people like the woman today ignored her people you know what it's a very elaborate wow. I, we don't need to do wow. all that i'm just excited to take you through this journey about this woman because nisha you actually know this woman oh yeah you just don't know this particular fact about her uh, before we start just very quickly disclaimers as usual this is a true crime podcast it is not meant for children if you are a child please get off however please ask your parents to listen to us we need the reasons <laughs> listener discretion is advised now all right cool i'm excited please tell me yeah okay so let me paint you a picture because if i don't context set who am i at all <laughs> Let's go to 1770s France. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going on right now? So, I know that the US is about to get their independence. No, I said France. Ugh, I said France. I'm just thinking. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. um is it the révolution? It is indeed the révolution. <laughs> the revolution. It's the French Revolution. And just try to remember a woman in relation to the French Revolution. I mean, there's only one name that comes to my mind. It's Which is Marie Antoinette. Yes, it is for English speakers. <laughs> Marie Antoinette. That's absolutely correct. We know Marie Antoinette was the former queen of France under King Louis the Sixteenth. She was also effectively one of the most direct reasons, along with her husband, for the end of the French monarchy. You she knew was, this, right? Yeah, we uh, spoke about it when she became a quote-unquote friend of Jeanne de Valois-Saint-Remy. Yes. Yes, she did. Your accent work gets sub suppressed. Just worse every, <laughs> every single season. Time. Every season. Just in the last three minutes, 
it's been getting worse. It's just, it's excruciating. However, I'm going to be seeing you for most of this episode. So thank God about that. No, but you are correct. We did mention her in the episode about Jen Devalua. In fact, the entire debacle around the diamond necklace and mm-hmm. the fact that it was a big ass scam. That was a huge reason as to why Marie Antoinette and her husband were seen as really bad rulers. Because, I mean, think about it. If if you got fished by someone (laughs) and you're also supposed to be the ruler of this giant empire, people are going to be like, huh, I don't really trust this person. Yeah. Am I the drama? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you are. Exactly that. But in that episode, we didn't go into Marie Antoinette too much because it was obviously not about her. Mm-hmm. So let's do a little bit of background research on her. Okay. First of all, Marie Antoinette was born on 2nd November 1755. I want to believe that makes her a Sagittarius. No, it's a Scorpio, if that helps. Wow, she has so much Scorpio energy, I presume. I don't know anything about astrology. But Mary was the youngest daughter of Empress Maria Theresa, who was the ruler of the Habsburg Empire. And her father, Francis I, was the Holy Roman Emperor. So she was blue-blooded as hell. Like yeah. like those crabs. Crabs are blue-blooded, right? Some Lobsters? Crabs. One of those. Sure. Actually, all of us. Because Octopus? I have no, no idea. Because oxygenated blood is basically purple-blue. Oh, right? I have no idea. I don't know why you're asking me. I did I'm commerce and sh- then arts, man. I studied biology. Anyway, <laughs> Marie Antoinette was really, really royal all through and through. So she was, mm-hmm. as a woman in the royal family, she was serving her singular purpose of being married off for a political alliance. And wow. she did that well. Her mother arranged her to be married to the Dauphin of France, who was Prince Louis. And this was largely part of a series of marriages that happened to end the Seven Years' War that was fought all over Europe. You can actually learn more about this if you watch that movie with uh, Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst, yeah. Marie Antoinette, which you have not watched. I've totally seen it. I saw half in your house. You know you have it. I know what you watched in my house because I said, wow, this preview of this movie on Netflix looks amazing. Would you like to watch it, Nisha? To which you said, no, Raghvi, let's please watch Riverdale. So I know how this went down. Don't lie to me. Riverdale is amazing. Please continue. Uh, Fine. Anyway, this this young couple, Marie Antoinette and, you know, King Louis were 15 and 16 when they were married, which makes them really, really young, like children, effectively. Yes. But there's one thing that I'm not sure if you knew this. Marie Antoinette and her husband would take a really long time to consummate their marriage. Did you know about that? I did know about this. You know why? Because yeah. we saw half the movie. They I took so long with that. the entire audience, remember? Oh, when they had a bunch of people come and try mm-hmm. to watch them on yes. their wedding night. Let's be honest, that's the first 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> At least I've seen 10 minutes. Wow, congrats. I'm so proud of you, Nisha. But in real life, they would take eight years to have their first oh, wow. child. Yeah, and um, the entire marriage is, of course, plagued with rumors of infidelity. And, you know, like the whole birthing and air thing obviously took like a lot of yep. whatever time and effort. But you know what was happening in those eight years when they were trying to birth an air? Do you know what was happening, Nisha? The revolution? It was indeed the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so in the 1770s, France was in general just like a shitty country with some bad governance, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to trivialize it. You guys can read it up. But it was basically just 
budgetary crisis after another, one by one. And the French royal family was spending just too much money (laughs) to be okay right now. They had a lot of like lavish parties and stuff, right? They did. They also taxed people nonstop to have these parties. In fact, by 1788, the total state debt had increased to 4.5 billion livres. I did not do the maths for that in current US dollars. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that it is a lot. Yes, I think mathematically it is three crap loads of money. Wow. Yes. Is that imperial or metric? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Let's just boil it all down to the common people were not happy. Okay. Like they were itching for a revolution. They were also hungry. Yeah, they were, dude, like apparently the price of bread escalated Mm -hmm. by like 35 times. Yeah. In just the first year before the revolution. So Mm. whatever, it's it's just terrible across the board. And there's a new privileged and bored princess in town as well. And by 1774, uh, they also become the king and queen because, you know, the earlier king of France passes away, which Mm. makes King Louis XVI now the king of France. And Marie Antoinette suddenly was like, wow, the treasury is all mine. So... Let me just do whatever I want. And uh, also, you know, considering the whole lack of consummation thing, it's pretty agreed that Marie Antoinette and her husband did not get along too well during their early married years. She was, you know, busy partying and he was kind of a big old nerd and did not (laughs) want the touch of a woman at the time, which is fine. You should wait till you're ready, not because your dad said have a child. That's oh, fair. God. Yeah, but also, this is interesting. I just wanted to tell you this because I thought you would find it interesting. May Antoinette and King Louis lived in the palace at Versailles, which mm-hmm. had 2,300 rooms Whoa. spread over 700,000 square feet. That is so cool. Should we just make a quick trip to France and come back to see these 2,300 rooms? You know what? I don't think we can see all those rooms, even if we get there, because it would take us like 15 years. But you kind of understand now that... Like the queen and king never had to even see each other. They just, and they didn't. Oh, wow. I yeah. did not think of it from that perspective. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that sounds yeah. like a crazy game of hide and seek. Yeah, you could get lost so easily. So yeah, this young couple was having just zero marital like relations. And because of this, my Antoinette didn't have any children for a very long time. And she just did whatever she wanted. And that's how we land on our crime. Ooh, was that a good one? Was it a good segue? It is. It is. I'm very excited. Okay, I'm going to get into it. Okay. So in 1776, Marie Antoinette was. That's when the US got their like independence. That is correct. Mm -hmm. They gained independence. But in 1776, Marie Antoinette was not, didn't really care about any of this stuff. She was instead riding around in her carriage with her posse all over Versailles and having a great time. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, can you just imagine? This is the 1700s when rubber wasn't really a thing. So imagine having to send it in a carriage with no rubber tires down a dirt road. Asphalt also did not exist. Forget concrete. My spine already hurts. Yeah, I can hear her spondylitis from here. (laughs) It's really, really bad. So just imagining this makes me feel like, oh... So stressful. But she loved this. She loved just riding around in her carriage because she was kind of very, like she just loved doing outdoorsy things like this. Hmm. And on one such trip in 1776, uh, when she was basically Tokyo drifting down some dirt road near Versailles, the carriage came to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. Um, When she peered out, she found a young boy on the road and the carriage had basically almost run over this little child. 
Oh. The child looked up at Mary and Mary mm-hmm. was smitten. This was okay. the most beautiful boy she had ever seen in her life. So the boy's mm-hmm. name was Avant Gagne or Francois Michel Gagne. Francois Michel being his original name and Armand Garnier being what he was called in court eventually. Oh, so God. this was a five-year-old orphan boy at the time of their meeting. Mm-hmm. And he was raised by his grandmother who also had five additional, like he had five additional siblings as well. And by mm-hmm. all accounts, the boy had big blue eyes and fine gold hair. He was just cute as hell. Aww. Yeah. So remember what we said earlier about what would you do if you see something cute? Mm-hmm. I'm deeply regretting my answer. Please continue. <laughs> so Mary spotted this boy and tell me, just assume, what do you think she did? I mean, the safest answer is kidnap. <laughs> ah, well, it's a, we've had a long true crime journey if your safest answer is kidnap. <laughs> uh, but you would be right. So she just sort of picked up the boy and she tried to put him in her carriage. Oh my God. Yeah. So now the boy fought back because he has a family. Yes. He fought back quite a bit. He did not want to go with her. Okay. And Marie tried. She tried a lot. But remember, she has zero experience with children. So all of this is very new to her. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you just listen to all of this, you can sort of feel this like is the textbook definition of kidnapping. Literally taking a child away without their guardian's consent Consent. or even awareness Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just like running off. Yeah, I feel like she may have had better luck if she tried uh, Turkish Delights. That's a Narnia reference. Ah, that is an old reference. I know. I I say that because the movies did not do well. So they were sort of erased from our my cultural (laughs) landscape. I liked it. I liked the first one. I really liked them too. I specifically only started eating Turkish Delight after this and I did not enjoy it as much. (gasps) I loved it. It just sticks in your teeth. It does. But you have to have like a crazy sweet tooth for it. Yeah, because it's it's literally just sugar. (laughs) It's just nothing else to it. It's sugar and some rose water. It's the rose water part that pisses me off. I would sell my siblings for some like a Turkish Delight. You know what? You might have a chance if Marie Antoinette was around you and your sibling was cute because what happened after this whole kidnapping attempt was Mm -hmm. that Amon's grandmother turned up at the spot thankfully okay so now Marie Antoinette told her that she was taking the child she was just like madam I'm taking this child and the grandmother was like what (laughs) what are you saying (laughs) now I just want to say whatever accounts we have of this entire incident and Aman's life in general are quite limited Uh, Mm -hmm. but we have the first hand retelling of the story by this woman named Jeanne-Louis Henriette Campan she was basically a French educator and writer and for a while she served as Marie Antoinette's lady's maid Hmm. now I do want to tell you one thing before we proceed Henriette Campan, she has two very famous quotes to her name. One is this whole story about Marie Antoinette and Armand. Mm-hmm. The other quote is a very descriptive piece about Marie Antoinette's toilet. Oh, why do I feel yeah. like I've read this before? You may have. Basically, it talks about what's in there, how they clean her, how there is a different maid for every limb. Yes. It's quite elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. To everybody else, just please go look it up. It's a really interesting insight to see how exactly, how spoiled Mary Antoinette yeah. was because she had everything, everything she needed and yet she chose to kidnap this child. Oh God. Anyway, back to the story. So, Amand's grandmother, she comes running to rescue him and Mary is like, fine, I guess I'll find out who this child is. And she's like, what happened to the child's mother? 
Mm. And the grandmother responds saying that the child's mother is her daughter and she and her son-in-law recently passed away leaving Amond and his siblings in her care. Mm-hmm. And at that realization Mary apparently said, "Well, then I shall adopt him." Okay. This is basically kidnapping with a few more steps, no? Like in this case, it's not like she did like background research. It's not like his grandmother had a chance to background research this person and be like, no. "Okay, maybe consider, maybe they'll have a good life." No. no this is this is kidnapping with one extra step. Yeah, but realistically, if I was a peasant woman in the 1700s and some you had royal six woman children. came to me. Yeah, first yeah. of all, had first of all children I didn't even want. This is my daughter's kid. Yes. I didn't ask for this. I've raised my children like 50% of them have died because of consumption or whatever. <laughs> and the rest that survived sure, good for them. But realistically, I don't want to raise these children. Right. You know, and it's it's hard. It's it's I get it. Yeah, I kind of get where she's like why she's sort of like how okay, hmm. take take and go because she did she really said that because at this oh, point no. the grandmother realized that she could benefit from this and you know she told the, the queen about the fact that this child had siblings very gently to which the queen just said well then i shall take this child and provide for the rest do you consent lady and the grandmother said yeah okay sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she tried okay. to really contain her happiness because she was like, "What? What is just, this jackpot?" Yeah. <laughs> just in the background like, "Oh no. What a terrible thing to happen. Get out." <laughs> yeah, that's effectively what happened and I don't blame the grandmother as yeah. terrible as the situation is. We have seen in modern times people sell their children for much less. So, mm. I cannot say that she was terrible was Marie terrible for just being like I'm going to take this child with me yes I, she was and that is what she did she just left the place with the child upon her lap now henriette campan's accounts say that the child did not want to go with her and oh. all of uh, Marie's cajoling did not stop him from crying in fact they had to stop their trip from that village to versailles short and take a break because the child was so agitated that he kicked queen. <gasps> I mean, yeah. who cares? But like, yeah. good on the child. <laughs> yeah. Now the queen would go on to formally adopt him whatever that means under French law at the time. But I think effectively what she did was take him as a ward without his consent mm. and paying off his grandmother. So, yeah, kidnapping across the board. I think it's trafficking because his grandma basically was like give money take yeah. child yeah essentially and as you guys ruminate on that i think we should take a little break welcome back everyone from the break so far we found out You and I have discovered that Marie Antoinette had a very dark and disturbing side project which was uh, picking up children and I guess trafficking them but yeah. Raghavi I just I really want to know more please please continue I will tell you more in fact the part where you said it's a side hustle it kind of was because it is um, <laughs> she is likely to have adopted and kept in her royal life at least 3 children okay. including Amon along with the fact that she had multiple other children she had adopted all across France and Belgium that she just would keep in other palaces so it's wow. basically so it's like when you have picking up children as souvenirs yeah but um she was feeding them so best mother ever <laughs> 
I mean, yes. yeah, it is great. The bar is so low. The, the bar is on the ground. <laughs> it's that's how bad. And she stepped over it and said, "Screw you." <laughs> but um, it's kind of like uh, you know how you have a farmhouse where you have like a dog there, and then maybe a townhouse, and you have another dog there, and then you oh have my goodness. a palace you in Versailles and four thousand <laughs> dogs there. <laughs> I am. this comparison of uh, children and dog mm-hmm. it's not something like it's ironic because many 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 years back uh, uh-huh. my family and i had the privilege of going to uh, paris and you know we saw a couple of like the old castles mm-hmm. and if you see like the ticketing stuff it always says adults and then some cost dogs and children this other <laughs> cost <laughs> and like the, every time i saw it i'm like why is the dog first <laughs> as opposed to if you're just going to humayun's tomb or the taj mahal the dogs are already there You yes. just have to go pet them. <laughs> They live Correct. there, in fact. Where do you live? In an apartment? <laughs> Lame. <laughs> like they were free to just pick up and carry yes. around. So this Amon is the boy that you were speaking about before the break. He was formally adopted by Queen Mary with the sort of passive blessing of King Louis, her husband. The worst part is though they sort of saw it as an exercise in raising a child, like as preparation mm. to be real parents to their real children. Oh and this God. yeah this energy is something that i want picked up because mm. henriette capman who is our singular source for this entire ordeal she says that the child was consistently unhappy about the adoption and that he missed his family and siblings throughout in fact i have a quote Uh, from her and this is how it goes the arrival of her majesty at her apartments at versailles holding the little rustic child by the hand astonished the whole household he cried out with intolerable shrillness that he wanted his grandmother his brother louis and his sister marianne nothing could calm him he was taken away by the wife of a servant who was appointed to attend him as a nurse that is so sad yeah and she just she just said wow he's loud please nurse take him away Oh my god. Yeah. You kidnapped him. Yeah. I wonder why he's crying. Yeah, this is I mean it makes it very evident that she didn't really consider people beneath her station to even be people. They were just property mm. effectively, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just really really awful but her his siblings who he missed a lot Mm-hmm. They did get taken care of very well because you know the queen kept her word. She paid for the children's education and generally for you know to raise them. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, Amon's one of his brothers, Dennis, he was employed in the royal orchestra as a cello player, and all of his sisters received very generous dowries for their marriages, something they could not have even dreamed of during their lives as common people. So, but yeah. the kid never got a childhood. He didn't at no. all. and i know there are some who might look at this as the greater good argument almost where okay one child is not doing that great oh, it, but the others are all right i don't know how to justify that <laughs> yeah i don't know either i feel like my opinion on that keeps changing now and then mm-hmm. but i think when it comes to children there is no yeah. greater good argument it's yeah. it's like they didn't ask to be born you mm-hmm. birthed them it is now your responsibility to take care of them and it yeah. cannot be like a at the cost of their 
mental health and and i guess mental health of course was not a question not even back then yeah, exactly but yeah at the cause of their childhood no, at least but if you think about it really children were not even seen as people right because that's true till literally maybe the 1930s and 40s child labor was absolutely fine yeah you know the right true. for a child to have a childhood Hmm. is something that came about in the last century even technically marie antoinette was basically groomed to be a wife of someone yeah. and she got married off at 15 what childhood did she have 15 was old by the way <laughs> <laughs> you know midlife like, crisis yeah she was an old maid because <laughs> knowing from that time she should have died of the plague at 16 she didn't thankfully <laughs> Uh, or worse just straight up arsenic poisoning you know <laughs> from all so, the lipstick from all, from her hair she would have been crushed Ooh, under the weight yeah. of her own hair <laughs> it's crazy so yeah children were just not afforded the concept of a childhood they were not yeah. considered real people and that was just how it was thought about then my aunt when it just looked at this kid like a pet really you know Hmm, and I get it. in fact like i said earlier armand wasn't even his real name there was a name he was given to him after his adoption his real name is francois michel hmm. and this was effectively a way of taking away his original identity right there is something to be said by the fact that he was very spoiled by the queen because armand was considered an intimate and integral part of the royal family like he attended mm-hmm. breakfasts and banquets you know he went to church he was present at royal events he was everywhere with the king and queen most of the time mm-hmm. he got the best clothes the finest silk like the softest wools and you know access to the best entertainment the f- best food the best education like hmm. he could ever get and in fact it said that even though the queen adopted many other children and by adopted i obviously just mean just picked, picked up. up yeah like little puppies on the street yes just put in her bag just like <laughs> you know like i've always said that i would love a miniature version of nisha like just a small version of her like a honey i shrunk the kids version of her <laughs> to put in my pocket or my bag and as i walk around she says like cute shit to me it's that but like with children that's what with real people that. yeah i mean you're a real person nisha yeah but like the mini version of me is it really me yeah it has to be because otherwise i would throw it out Sorry. oh i thought this is like a ship of thesis kind of thing oh no 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 it's not i'm not <laughs> replacing i'm not taking a chunk of your skin and then slowly replacing Cloning it over time. <laughs> yeah i'm just taking you and i'm shrinking you down putting in my pocket can Between, you imagine like, like mm-hmm. the amount of sunscreen i would need if i was that small it'd be so <gasps> less i would save so much money Oh my god, yeah. I know. Yeah. Also you would be in my pocket most of the time. Do you really need sunscreen? I mean, yes. But yeah. still. That's fair. We are going to die under you green rays of the sun. <laughs> uh, but um back to Maria Antoinette. Mhm. I do want to say that she made every effort possible to make sure that this kid had whatever semblance of a childhood he could still have away from his family because like I said aside from the other children that the queen adopted, she Armand would have a very special place in her heart. For one, She was under a lot of pressure to birth an heir at this time hmm. and Armand's presence apparently gave the queen some respite from the daily reminder that you know she had not performed her singular role <laughs> as Ugh. the consort of a monarch but think about it from this perspective she just took a child and now the child is her therapist oh my god yeah. <laughs> but that's ridiculous like i feel like she can learn from indian families like birth your own therapist what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> birth your own therapist that's true if you think the first one is not leaning in your favor birth a second one yes. and groom that one properly so it knows that you are the one <laughs> that he should be yeah well supporting yes correct. yeah well i mean i do that to my cats though 
where I'm Haan, just but like, you didn't birth your cats. So I didn't fine. birth my cats, but <gasps> are they you are... Marie Antoinette? You picked up one <laughs> from the street, and now they're your therapists. I picked up two, so I'm worse than Marie Antoinette. <laughs> but you know what? In all of this, we have hmm. to remember a couple of things. Okay, as much as the Queen wanted to make sure Armand was part of his life, Armand was not a prince. And he was right. not seen as a formal part of the court. No one took him seriously. He would never be accepted as a true heir. Even the king saw him as a momentary distraction and not mm. a son. And he also frequently pissed off the king and queen because he rebelled very, very often and refused to do what he was told. Of course. To the point that in 1778, after Marie Antoinette gave birth to her first child, mm-hmm. she just lost interest amount after that. <gasps> that is so yeah. sad. So when you get the shiny new toy, you just yeah. discard the hand-me-down. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Because uh, she's a terrible either. person, first of all. And she's mm-hmm. also a child. But yeah. yeah, that's sad for Armand. Yeah, so she just sort of stopped spending time with him. And he was relegated to the status of a courtier after this. But he wasn't close to the king. So hmm. King Louis didn't want him. And also he was a guy. So he couldn't be a lady's maid to the queen. So oh. he was just trapped in the palace with a life that he was forced to lead. Like this golden cage of sort. And hmm. um, Marie Antoinette just kept having more children and partying it out and ignoring this child consistently. And he hadn't seen his family in decades, effectively. So he couldn't wow. go back to them either. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. nice. What a wonderful and happy story. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. There's a reason I picked this story in particular because there is some justice served. And oh. I thought you would appreciate that in particular. Okay. Let's get to this. Okay, so Armand continued to be a rebel child mm-hmm. through his yes. adult years also. So in 1789, the French Revolution breaks out across the country. Uh, and eventually by the 1790, it becomes extremely violent, basically an all-out war against the ruling classes. In 1789, the king and queen also lose their first son, who is Prince Louis-Joseph. He dies because of tuberculosis. Um, Prince Louis-Charles would succeed him. Mm -hmm. Now, in 1791, the royal family would try to escape uh, Paris, but they would be detained by the rebel forces. And after a series of prolonged, shammy public trials, Mm -hmm. the king and queen were both executed in January and October 1793. So at the end of it all, Marie Antoinette was not allowed to see her children. In fact, her son, Louis Charles, who would have become the next king, he Mm. was forcibly removed from her care when she was in prison. And uh, he was basically retrained, so to speak, by the revolutionaries to become a Republican. So when she died in, uh, you know, uh, 1793, Mm -hmm. effectively her son was turned against her. Oh, well, I guess that works. There is a little more. So Hmm. Amon was alive for parts of this. He also, you know, grew public in sympathies over time. Because it turns out, Nisha, when you kidnap a child against his wishes (laughs) and raise him in a home that is not his and... You know, ignore all his needs for your own biological children. That's going to just come and bite you uh-huh. in your ass. <laughs> so at the age of 20, Amon joins the French revolutionaries in armed combat. Nice. Yeah. So Good he actually, for him. Yeah. You know what? He came to be fondly known as the terrorist of Versailles. Oh, I like cute, it. Cute, right? Yeah. Very okay, cute. I mean, cute in a very, very morbid sense. Um, it, of course. But, yeah, but in November 1972, uh, unfortunately, he was killed in the Battle of Jemaptis, which is where the now country of Belgium is. So, oh. Amman would not live long enough to see the downfall of the French monarchy or the execution of his adopted parents. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to believe 
somewhere in the afterlife he's just sitting around and smirking and thinking of that guillotine that went down on Marie Antoinette's head yeah that's that's all i hope for him that's all i hope for him as well that's disgusting of us wow how did we turn so violent this is what happens when you do four seasons of a true crime podcast get yeah, to the program that's, that's true that's true but that brings us to the end of this very tiny mini surprise episode that was exciting wasn't it i thought you would particularly enjoy this because uh we both share the same amount of hatred for Marie Antoinette we really and do. Uh, i also really like guillotines <laughs> also i got cool. to do the french accent i feel like that was a bonus for me yeah i tried my accent really wavered a lot <laughs> which is honestly better than nisha That's with true. her accent it just gets basically gets thicker and thicker to the point where you have no idea what i'm saying anymore but you know it's some french thing <laughs> that is true it's the worst but guys if you like this episode uh please go and listen to all of the others if this is the first one you're listening to we are on mm-hmm. the IVM podcast network and literally any platform think of the platform and we are yes. on it so just you have no excuse is all i really <laughs> have to say also tell us what you think of this new format i mm-hmm. mean did you enjoy the surprise episode please write to us on instagram we are at misconduct pod and also please don't forget to review us on whichever platform you listen to us on apple audible and of course spotify and youtube please leave comments on our mm-hmm. youtube videos so we know whether you like this what we can do better and you know if you'd like any other content from us and right before we end nisha mm-hmm. would you like to say gavazosius <laughs> i know what you meant gavazosius <laughs> beautiful <laughs> all right and we will see you on the next episode of misconduct 